As a sports dietitian, I myself have worked on my own nutrition for many, many years. And with this, I've had successes, but I've also realized what my mistakes were. And that's why I want to share the things that I wish I knew when I first got started so it can help streamline your progress and so you know what to avoid yourself. Welcome to the Reach a Peak podcast experience. This podcast is for athletes of all levels who want to level up their nutrition to level up their game. Join me as I explore the world of nutrition, health, and performance. Each week, I dive into a new topic to help expand your knowledge, separate truth from myth, and change your perspective so you can start winning the right way and reach your peak potential. I'm your host, Alexa, the sports dietitian nutrition coach. Let's go. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Reach Your Peak Experience podcast. I'm your host, Alexa, the sports dietitian, and let's get straight into it. Today, I'm going to be sharing the 10 things that I wish I knew when I first got started, aka when I first got started with my health and fitness and nutrition journey, because I want you to learn from my mistakes. I want to kind of cut through the bullshit and tell you exactly what things I thought were true that I then learned over time were not true, things that are going to actually help you Reduce the overwhelm, but also create more clarity with your nutrition plan as well. So let's go straight into the list. Number one, when I first got started, I wish I knew that you can't get quote unquote fat from one day of overeating. So just to give you a bit of a story, there was once a time where I went over to my friend's birthday party. I think it was about maybe 15, 16. So kind of that peak period where you're thinking about your looks, you're thinking about you know trying to stay lean and you're trying to kind of work on your body, that sort of stuff. We all know, we've all experienced it if, if, you know, when we've been at that age. And what happened was I went to my friend's birthday party and I ate heaps, okay? I ate cakes, I ate fun party foods, I ate burgers, I ate sausages, you know, I ate a whole bunch of stuff. You know, think like Aussie party food. You, you'll know what it is. So if you're Aussie, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not Aussie, just think party foods, same deal. Doesn't really matter. And essentially what happened was, I ate so much food, but I was at that point of time on like a fitness journey, like a fitness kick, so to speak. I was trying to get a six pack, all that sort of stuff. And what happens was, yeah, I enjoyed myself during the party. But then when I was driving home, okay, when I was driving home, I was started feeling guilty. I started feeling, oh my God, I can't believe I ate so many calories. I have to burn this off. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to kick myself or anything. I'm just going to go home. I'm going to grab the jump ropes, okay, the skipping ropes and just going to start skipping and do a nice solid session and burn this off. And this is something that I did a couple of times over time. wasn't saying I did every day or anything, but it just illustrates how my relationship with the calorie equation and fat loss and all that sort of stuff was just so skewed because I thought that I could ruin my progress by overeating that one day, that by eating so much calories that one day that I was either going to get fat or I was going to lose all the progress I had made thus far. And this was a mistake, okay? So I wish I knew that you can't get fat from one day. Just the same way you can't get lean from eating one day of salads. It just doesn't work that way. So cut yourself some slack. One day is just one day. It's not gonna make you. It's not gonna break you. Number two, I wish I knew that you can still gain weight eating healthy whole foods. So there's nothing wrong with eating healthy foods. Of course, like I'm saying 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, eat healthy whole foods. 
But there's this notion, I've seen this time and time again, especially with clients over the years, where they think just because they're eating foods that are on paper, quote unquote, healthy, that that should kind of lead to weight loss and not lead to weight gain. Not realizing that at the end of the day, calories in, calories out matter. If you get all those calories from healthy foods or you get them from less healthy foods, it doesn't matter. If the equation is skewed in the form of a surplus, you will gain weight. So understand, you can still gain weight even by eating healthy foods. You just got to know your calorie strategy. Number three, I wish I knew that high-carb diets don't cause health problems. So yes, even in the early days of learning about nutrition before I became more knowledgeable, more experienced as a dietitian, and back in the day when I was younger, I thought that eating a lot of carbs, even from like, you know, whole food sources, would potentially cause health problems, would increase the risk of of diabetes and this kind of stuff. So it kind of caused a bit of not fear, fear, but it, it did become like, oh, yeah, I'm eating a bit too many carbs late at night or I'm eating a bit too many carbs today. Not realizing that I was a healthy, growing, active individual. I needed the carbs. So I thought that, you know, high carb translates to potential health problems when in actual fact, it's the excessive weight gain over time and poor dietary habits that can lead to increased risk of health problems, not a high carb diet. So yeah, carbs should actually be your largest portion of your macros, funny enough. For most people, it should be the highest portion of your macros. So don't fear the carb. Higher carb is not necessarily bad. Remember, carbs are your friend. Number four, I wish I knew that eating late at night doesn't cause excessive weight gain magically. So there was a time where I didn't want to eat after a certain period of time, or if I did, I was very, very strict with what I was eating because I thought that, nah, this is like the... I, I kind of believe the hype around the whole, oh yeah, the eating window, you know, if you eat after seven o'clock or whatever it was at the time, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, doesn't really matter. You know, it changes all the time. And I thought that if I ate after that period of time that I would just be gaining weight more easily. And that's not true, okay? There are some factors that kind of indirectly can make it easier for you to be more of a storage machine, so to speak, after a certain point in time, but it's not in in the place of, you know, Calorie not mattering. So calories still matter. You still have to make sure that you are in a deficit or whatever it may be that you're trying to do. And if you are, it doesn't matter if you eat late at night, you're still not going to just gain a bunch of weight. I wish I knew that one. Number five, I wish I knew that eating protein regularly and at each meal is super, super important. So I used to be of the belief, and I didn't like do it on purpose, but if I didn't eat much protein during the day, I thought, nah, it doesn't really matter that much. I'll just eat a bunch of protein at the end of the day. So essentially, I was backloading my protein, which is not ideal. It's not ideal to backload your protein because the way protein works is not so much like a fuel source like calories are where as long as you get them all in the end of the day, how many you need, you're generally going to be okay kind of thing. With protein, if you're not hitting a certain amount of protein consistently throughout the day, you're not maximizing the benefits, especially from a muscle protein synthesis point of view. So make sure you're eating protein consistently throughout the day hitting that certain mark, you know, just to give you a rough guide, at least 20, 25 grams of protein throughout the day, just so you can really maximize the benefits the protein can provide. Because backloading a protein, which a lot of people do, okay, backloading it at the end of the day because they've either been busy or they don't really know how to meal prep themselves effectively from a protein point of view, it's not going to be ideal. So get in some snacks that are high protein, focus on getting protein at breakfast and lunch, make sure you're just not backloading your protein because trust me, it's not ideal. Number six, okay, number six, I wish I knew that you should not base how much you eat on how much you particularly quote unquote estimate that you burn. 
based on your own individual thoughts or based on, oh yeah, I really had a really hard gym session or based on how most people do it with some kind of tool like a, like a watch of some sort that tells you how much you've burned. All those methods are inaccurate. You should not be estimating how much you burn and then eating that back, okay? Because you can't outrun a bad diet, so to speak. So don't do that. Instead, what you're doing is you should include the fact of how active you are within your calculations when you're determining how much calories you should be eating. So therefore, it all kind of counts it towards the overall picture. So you're not just focusing on, oh yeah, this is what I'm eating, but I burnt more today where I feel like I burnt more today, so I'm going to eat that back. Because that's, first of all, a very ineffective way of doing it, but also it's a very inaccurate way of doing it. And what happens a lot of time is people eat back their calories and eat themselves out of a calorie deficit, leading to, yes, you guessed it, a lack of results. So don't do that. Number seven, I wish I knew that there is no such thing as a post-workout window of opportunity. This is a big one. This is probably on this list. This is one of the bigger ones that I believe back in the day. So some of these have kind of affected me at some point in time or I believed at the back of my mind. But this one particularly was one that I really, really, really kind of took as gospel. And I thought that after I work out, I needed to get a protein shake or some kind of meal in me as soon as possible because this window is going to close and I'm not going to be able to get those gains. And the truth is that that is not true. <laughs> okay, I learned that. A lot later than you'd expect, actually, like even like throughout my studies and that there was a consensus that there was this optimized window. And I mean, in some ways there is like, rest assured, there is some kind of optimized form of eating as close as to possible as when you've worked out. I'm not saying there isn't, but this notion that once that window closes, you basically lost gains. That's not it. That's not it. Okay. That's not how you have to think about it. The post-workout window is essentially Try and eat as soon as possible to get the recovery and repair process started as soon as possible, especially if you're going to be active a lot sooner than, let's say, normal. But it's not like, oh, yeah, one hour, close, bye-bye, close for business, see you tomorrow. Like, it doesn't work that way. Your body doesn't operate in that way. So don't stress yourself off if you can't get anything in within an hour. Just eat at the soon as possible way. If that is within an hour, awesome. If it's in an hour and a half, two hours, so be it. Don't stress over it. Number eight, I wish I knew that it is better to focus on fat loss or muscle gain, one or the other, not at the same time, if you want to get the best, most efficient results. So over the years, there's so much talk about this whole concept of recomposition, losing body fat while gaining muscle. Yes, some people can get it. In theory and in practicality, it is possible. But it's kind of the whole, it's like the analogy, you're trying to catch two, uh, two rabbits and you catch none. It's kind of like, Yes, you can get it, but for most people, it's just an inefficient way of achieving your results. If you eat in a bit of a surplus, you're going to get more efficient muscle gain. Obviously, you don't want to do too high of a surplus. That's another story for another day. And same for fat loss. If you're in a fat loss plan and you're in a deficit, it's not going to be easy for you to build muscle. Okay? So make sure that you're focusing on one or the other if possible. Not say you don't have to go towards rock recomposition if you want. Ideally, you'd work with a sports dietitian to achieve that. But even then, it's better, just trust me, it's more efficient, more streamlined to just focus on fat loss or muscle gain and then switch. Trust me on this. Number nine of things I wish I knew, and this one's big, is that eating takeout or treat snacks, and you know, treat snacks can encompass anything you associate with being a treat, is not automatically bad for you. Because there is no bad meals, there is no real bad foods, there's only a bad diet, there's only bad strategy. 
Okay, so eating a burger is not bad. Eating a burger every single day while negating the, uh, like neglecting your vegetable intake, that's bad. Eating chocolate and snacking a little bit of chocolate is not bad for you. Eating a whole block of chocolate every single night before bed is probably not ideal. So you see what I mean? There's no bad foods. There's no bad meals. It's the way you go about it. It's the overall diet that matters. So automatically eating takeout or treat foods is not automatically bad for you. And I used to think that it was. I used to think, oh, yeah, I'll have a bit of a treat here, but oh, I'm being bad. I'm being bad. I'm cheating on my diet. Oh, my God. Why am I being so bad? Why am I being so naughty? <laughs> okay. Like, essentially, I had the frame of mind that it's just about the dichotomy. Okay. Good foods, bad foods. Good foods, bad foods. Food you eat, food you don't eat. And that's not the way you should be doing it, especially if you're trying to adopt a more flexible approach to build some food freedom. So, yeah, don't stress yourself over having takeout and treat foods and that sort of stuff. You're only human. You should enjoy these things. Life is more than just getting shredded. You'll, you'll be fine. And then finally, the last, lucky last, number 10 is, and this one's one that affected me particularly, I'll give you a story in a second, is that supplements are not powerful tools for change. I wish I knew that. They're not these almighty powerful tools that are gonna help level up your results in and of itself. In fact, among the few supplements that actually do work, only one to 2% improvements are actually seen when it comes to actual results or performance or whatever you want to call it. So even when you look at the whole supplement space, all the bullshit supplements out there and all the good ones, there's only a small fraction that's actually going to potentially help you. And even that, when done properly, alongside a good food strategy and the fundamentals, you might increase your, you know, your benefits by 1% to 2%. It's not the make or break, okay? It's the cherry on top of the sundae in the most classic, classic form. It is called supplements for a reason, okay? Supplementary. It's supplementary to the overall strategy. Remember that. Now, my own story, for me specifically, it was about protein powder. So I was about 15 at that, to- at that time, and I just got a new kind of bucket of protein. My first protein supplement, I can't even remember what brand it was, but... My first protein supplement, I believe I got it from Nutrition Warehouse, if I'm not mistaken. It's a supplement store here in Australia, in case you're wondering. And I was like, yes, awesome. I'm going to get so many gains. I'm going to be jacked. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be a jacked high school or whatever. You know, I thought it was going to be the make or break. The reality was that protein powder, and I later realized, was just supplementary food. Okay, it's just food in powdered form. It's just to give me my protein more easily. It is not something that's going to help you go from skinny to buff. It's not something that's going to make you become, you know, normal to highly elite athlete. It's just one part of the puzzle. And protein powder is a classic example of a, of a supplement that has a lot of potential benefits and it can have actually a lot of applicability into your plan. But even then, I overestimated how much benefit it would be. I could have just ate more, more protein from food and I would have been in the same boat. There was more to it. I needed to eat more. I needed to train more. I needed to be better. And I, you know, eventually I did get the results. I'm not saying I didn't get results, but I was attributing it to protein powder is going to make the difference. And that's not how it went. So remember, supplements are not these almighty holy grail tools for change. They're just a supplementary tool that you've got to harness in the correct way and make sure it is right for you. So yeah, that's my 10. Okay, that's my 10 things I wish I knew. I mean, there's, there's surely going to be others that I could have shared, but these are the 10 big things I wanted to share with you. So you can stop believing these things if you believe them in the first place okay so i hope i hope you enjoyed it. i hope it's been a helpful podcast for you just for a quick recap number one i wish i knew that you can't get fat from one day of overeating number two you can still gain weight eating healthy whole foods number three 
High carb diets don't cause your health problems. Number four, eating late at night does not cause excessive weight gain magically. Number five, eating protein regularly and at each meal is important. Number six, you shouldn't base how much you eat on how much you estimate you burn. Number seven, there is no magic post-workout window of opportunity. Number eight, it is better to focus on fat loss or muscle gain, not both at the same time. Number nine, it, uh, you know, eating takeout and treats foods and all that sort of stuff is not automatically bad for you. And finally, number 10, supplements are not powerful tools for change. I hope this has helped you. I really do hope it's been informative. If you've got any questions or you want to share your experiences with some of these things, please reach out. My email is in the description notes below, or you can find me on Instagram at The Climbing Dietitian. So follow along there where I post a whole bunch of content. You can just send me a DM. We get chatting. Now, of course, if you want to work with me, if you want to talk about how I can help you as a sports dietitian, reach out to me in any of those kind of ways and let's have a chat. Tell me what you're trying to achieve. We can see if it's the right fit. And if it is, maybe I'll be in your corner soon and I'll help you out and reach your peak potential. Until next time, stay classy. I'll see you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. Remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast so you can stay up to date whenever I drop an episode. And of course, if you enjoyed today's podcast, remember to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. You can also find me on socials where I regularly post valuable sports nutrition content to help you elevate your sports game, elevate your nutrition game, and reach your peak potential. Simply search for The Climbing Dietitian and be sure to click follow. Until next time, stay safe and stay dedicated. See ya.